How did Dollar Shave Club ace their introduction to the tech world, taking on Roger Federer at his own game in the process? How did Oreo win the Super Bowl by creating a little light in the darkness? And how did alcohol brand Brewdog increase their own visibility while mocking short-sighted politicians? In today's video, we're looking at how challenger brands can learn to spot and make the most of real-world opportunities all while discovering why, for one Italian football team, hiring a former Venetian banker has really been paying off. This is Zonal Marketing. How are we? Welcome to episode 16 of Zonal Marketing, a marketing mix model which uses the tactical lessons taken from football management to help you understand, plan and measure your marketing activity effectively. I'm Simon Vincent, the marketing tactician, and in this episode I'll be talking about how to plan your marketing campaigns and how to do reactive content in an agile and effective way. By incorporating this into a tactical approach to your marketing, I guarantee it will bring you better business results. As always, I'll start with an example from the world of football and then see what we as marketers and business owners can learn and apply to our own discipline. So let's dig in. In the spring of 2008, Italian club Catania were battling to survive in Serie A. Walter Zenga was brought in as manager to save the side and in his first game in charge against Napoli on the 6th of April, I Rosazzuri gave the strongest indication yet that they just might be able to beat the drop. Zenga's team ran out 3-0 winners, but the hero wasn't the former national team goalkeeper, nor was it the goalscorers. Rather, it was widely agreed to be Catania's equally newly appointed set-piece coach. After all, two of the team's three goals came from set pieces, both courtesy from some clearly well-rehearsed moves. The man responsible was Gianni Vio, a former banker from Venice, chronicler of nearly 5,000 set-piece routines and author of the book That Extra 30%. Like the in-game tactical approaches of all the most successful managers, Vio's set pieces worked on the basis of manipulating space to draw opposition players out of position and open up opportunities for other Catania players which could be exploited. But the opportunities we're referring to when we deal with set pieces are not these gaps, rather the set pieces themselves. In any game, most teams can be fairly sure that they'll get at least a handful of set piece opportunities, either from free kicks in and around the opposition box or from corners. Indeed, some clubs, especially those who are considered to be lower down the food chain, are often said to play for set pieces in the knowledge that such plays give them the best opportunity of scoring goals or indeed advancing down the field. It isn't generally possible to predict where, when and how you'll get your set pieces, but preparing a selection of approaches and principles that allow for some flexibility and can be adapted to a range of scenarios can have a dramatic impact on success, clearly as much as 30% according to Vio. Importantly, the pioneers in this footballing space are all quick to emphasise the importance of both individuals and the team within developing a successful approach to set pieces. You need to analyse the players you have and find solutions tailor-made to their skill sets, said Vio in an interview with a Venetian newspaper. Another pioneer, and a man who shares a number of connections with Vio, Mads Budgerait, rose to prominence when Denmark's Mikkel Damsgaard scored a free kick against England at Euro 2020. 
Although the goal was partly thanks to the individual brilliance of Damsgaard, he was helped by three Danish centre-backs who lined up on the left of a defensive wall and then moved in unison to the right just as he was about to take the kick. Speaking about the goal after the game, Budgerait praised the fantastic teamwork involved. Of course, set pieces aren't always an opportunity. There are occasions when the opposition has their own corners and free kicks and understanding how to defend those is equally important in football as it is in marketing. But we'll deal with how to do this in more detail in the next section on managing opportunities and threats in marketing. amazing that we are 16 episodes into zonal marketing and we haven't yet dealt with, um, with the subject of campaigns. The majority of the episodes up until now have dealt with how to organize your marketing channels, content and targeting in your day-to-day -day activity. But campaigns offer companies unique opportunities to grab their target customers attention and drive an intense flurry of business results, usually sales, in a very short amount of time. But how do you spot these opportunities and, and how do you plan for them? I break marketing opportunities down into three subsets, communal, corporate, and clandestine. So communal opportunities are fairly obvious. These are the events that affect everyone or at least a, very, a huge number of people. The seasons, for example, have an effect on the weather, travel activity and mood for customers of all industries. Indeed, a large proportion of businesses, for example, those in the hospitality sector, experience huge peaks and troughs in their year based on this element alone. How do businesses like these make the most of their peak seasons and what marketing activity can they do in their off season to prepare for the surge? Similarly, holidays and public events such as Christmas, Black Friday and Thanksgiving all attract a huge amount of advertising as many of us become obsessed with buying presents and or food or, or maybe just trying to grab a great deal while we can. Just ask John Lewis or Coca-Cola. After all, both companies' Christmas ads are seen by many as the first signs that the holidays are indeed coming each year. Additionally, there are a few special events which seem to captivate the wider imagination and bring huge groups of people together when they happen. Things like the Olympics, the Football World Cup, Live Aid back in the day, or even a new James Bond or Star Wars film release. Indeed, after the Super Bowl in 2013, there was only one brand that everyone was talking about, and it wasn't one of the ones that paid millions to advertise during halftime. After there was a protracted power outage during the game in New Orleans, Cookie company Oreo took to Twitter, urging followers not to panic as they could still quote Dunk in the Dark. It was the perfect combination of being timely because the tweet was posted while the lights were still out. Being on the right platform, after all, where do sports fans go when there's a gap in the game? It was in the right tone of voice and visual identity for Oreo, obviously. In point four, it cleverly used an in-joke that literally everyone in America understood, but that didn't mention the big game. Nowadays, such events have stipulations on which brands can use official references to the events and in which ways, so such a tweet would have managed to get around that, but even if that wasn't the case, the in-joke is a brilliant device for building tribe. If you get the joke, you're one of us. Moving on to corporate events, there will be a certain selection of highlights that are happening within your business or industry throughout the year that can be planned in advance. Trade shows, awards, 
new product releases and even major hirings or CSR, corporate social responsibility initiatives, could all play a huge part in your company's news cycle. And by the way, if the fact that I've used the word corporate here makes you think related content has to be boring or personality free, look no further than Dollar Shave Club's Our Blades Are in great YouTube video, which was released on the eve of South by Southwest Festival in 2012. As you can tell from the title, it's an irreverent piece, promoting what founder Michael Dubin considered to be his tech product on the eve of one of the biggest tech trade shows in the world. The video went viral, crashed the company's website, but managed to pick them up thousands of subscriptions overnight regardless, and launched them from a tiny unknown company to one that was competing with Gillette and the pulling power of their brand ambassador, tennis legend Roger Federer. But you don't need to have a kickoff moment like Dollar Shave Club. Simply having a plan as to how you can contribute to conversations about communal or corporate events will make your marketing more agile and allow you to be more reactive. Oreo may have planned to tweet about the Super Bowl, but they certainly didn't predict a power cut. However, through knowing their brand identity and tone of voice, and then planning to have a team of content creators available, focusing on social media, they were able to capitalize on very in a very on-brand but completely relatable way when the unexpected did happen. And this agility becomes even more important because of the third subset, clandestine opportunities. These are events that could crop up out of nowhere, that can't be planned, but could nevertheless have a massive impact on your business. Typically, these come out of one of the PESL arenas, political, economic, social, technological, legal, or environmental. And while these are often seen as being threats, and there'll be more on this in a minute, they can also be opportunities if considered in advance. BrewDog, for example, saw the news about government advisor Dominic Cummings traveling 300 miles during a national lockdown as an opportunity to mock up a Barnard Castle eye test of ale riffing off their creative naming conventions. Political opportunity spotted and executed with a suitably on-brand tongue-in-cheek tone of voice. And you can see last week's video on how not to be boring for more on that. Of course, like an opposition free kick on the edge of your box, clandestine events can be a threat. I was working with Audi, for example, when they were involved in the emissions scandal in 2015. And while they would not have predicted that specific story coming out, knowing their products, they should have predicted that environmental stories would be a predictable threat that they would have to deal with at some point. If your company is in a similar situation, acknowledging that at the outset, planning for how you'll play a compassionate and consistent defense and setting up monitoring for such stories is going to be important. In the next section, I'll reveal how you can put the lessons from the above examples into practice. To get good at campaigns and reactive marketing, the trick is to pick a handful of moments in advance. What's going to be your Super Bowl or South by Southwest? Remember that our footballing set piece experts from section one told us that success relies on teamwork. So how are you going to create different pieces of content with different objectives across a range of channels and targeted in a range of ways in order that your star piece of content, the free kick taker or his target man, if you will, connects. For Dollar Shave Club, the Our Blades Are Fucking Great viral video was just the tip of an iceberg that actually included a concerted round of PR, social media, and a website launch to support it. 
And then for the clandestine moments, I recommend picking one topic or a range of topics that you can own. Do you as a founder or does your company have a specific take on an issue that can make that you can make your calling card? The more pestily, the better. After all, these issues tend to be uh, the most divisive and polarizing. And so developing your corporate point of view on the environment, politics or social issues, for example, will naturally make your message more interesting for the audience channels such as traditional or social media. If you're not quite comfortable going for the big guns, pick less volatile topics such as sport, fashion, music, entrepreneurship, travel or food. But whatever you do, be divisive within those topics. Be tribal within them. Your brand shouldn't associate itself with all music. It should narrow down on a genre of or a handful of genres that it wants to be linked with and can therefore comment on. Hip hop, fast food and streetwear brands, for example, have long had associations, hence why it feels authentic for Nike to be featured in a Drake music video or how Nando's chicken shops are able to go viral by creating a meme based on the front cover of the same musicians if you're reading this it's too late surprise dropped album. The bottom line, and viewers of other videos in this series won't be surprised to hear this, is that organisation is the key. Plan out your opportunities in advance, including a handful of Super Bowl moments if you can, but then have a selection of topics that you can add your stamp to as and when they come up. Pick your target channels, content approach and targeting to help speed up the execution, and then you're away. Do this, and even if your competitor has Roger Federer on board, you'll set yourself up for a grand slam. I think that's about all for this week. If I've lost any of you at any point, feel free to go back through the previous videos in the series to understand how this all fits together and what these little counters and lines behind me mean. I recommend starting at the beginning and going through chronologically to be brought up to speed. Alternatively, you can ask me to talk through these ideas with you and your team one-to-one. -one. I'm available for speaking gigs, trading sessions and client work. And to find out how to uh, speak to me about any of that, please visit x-cmo.com. Check back here every week for a new episode, each one explaining another part of my tactical approach to marketing through a footballing lens. As always, if you're enjoying this series, please do like, comment and share. It all really helps the channel. And if it helps the channel, I'm hoping it'll help more people just like you. Until next time, thank you for your attention.